0: you're listening to addicted to growth join us each week as you we sit down with sales marketing and revenue leaders on the front lines of innovation new insights new playbooks new tech new lessons step forward into growth and development or backwards into safety and security. The choice is yours. Let's get into the show. And we are back. So super excited. Uh, Welcome everyone to another episode of Addicted to Growth. And today I'm super excited. We have a duo here. We have Tracy Santilli, who is the chief growth officer, and Mercedes Smith, who is the VP of PR. And it's interesting today because I... This is honestly the first time I've sat down with two people from within the same organization. Um, and, and I'm super excited because some of the things that uh, have come up a lot, at least on this podcast, has been this this topic of diversity and equity and inclusion. And so I know that's one of the things that we're here to chat about today. Um, but first, thanks so much for, for hopping on with me. I'm super excited to have you both.
1: Thank you for having us. And I will tell you, I think Mercedes is my better half in terms of helping to not only raise awareness of this important topic of conversation, but it's certainly long overdue and excited to, to be a dynamic duo together, hopefully, and, and talk more about it because it's so critically important, not just from a business perspective, but certainly from a societal perspective in terms of how we all have a responsibility to move forward.
2: And I echo those exact sentiments. So happy to be here and really excited to dive into the conversation. And Tracy, thank you. We're going to tag team. It's going to be great.
0: I love it. So, I guess, like, first, could you just start by like briefly sharing with everybody kind of like what your take is on this big issue that is in front of us? Mm-hmm. Right? Because I know you, you, you both are doing some unique things internally to kind of foster this diversity um, mission that you are, are are trying to help solve. Um, but I would just love to kind of hear what the take is in kind of what the current state is in your worlds.
1: Sure. I think you know from. Our standpoint, what we're seeing is probably a confluence of events that unfortunately should have happened, meaning years and years ago, not saying that we want this to happen, but because of COVID, because we were all at home, I think it almost forced society overall to not get distracted by their day-to-day lives and focus on this topic where we had not been focused before, at least not to the degree that we should have been focused. So on one level, I feel that it is long overdue. But on another level, if I'm looking at it glass half full, that is horrible and painful that it has been for the black and brown community for so many years, I am, dare I say it, grateful to be awakened, so to speak, to start to focus on how myself, my white colleagues can finally say, we need to help, we need to stop with the rhetoric we need to really work towards driving change. So it has been a perfect storm of events, but I'm hopeful that the bright side coming out of it, we could really start to mobilize and enact processes and protocols to truly break down the, the walls of systemic racism and social injustice that we've been seeing for far, far too long.
2: And Tracy, absolutely. From, from my perspective also, I think it's, for, for me, it's all about no longer sitting in silence, um, especially as a woman of color in, in corporate America. Um, even before all of this, as Tracy mentioned, it's sometimes you, you sit in silence and you wonder if anyone else around you, your colleagues, feel the intensity and the pressure that you're feeling. Um, so while I'm saddened that this is happening, I too, like Tracy, am, am very empowered. And I feel as though now is the time that, you know what, we no longer have to sit in that silence and, and we can actually create platforms to really talk about it and create platforms to put action to, the, to, to what we're saying, put action towards, you know, how we're moving as a society and our role in all of this. So very important topic to, to us at Tyranny, but also just realizing our part in our communities and our part in the industry and in the world overall. So, yeah.
0: I love it. And one of the things that's interesting too about um, this is it just had an earlier podcast today. And one of the things we talked about was bringing your full self in to everything you do. Right. And so I know Mercedes, this is a big thing for you. And I, I definitely would love your, your both to hear your takes on that because I, I, we, this conversation was with a friend, African-American, his first job, his first experience in tech. Right. So now he's inside of tech and figuring out like, what, how, what is this bringing your full self to work? And I joked and I was like, could you imagine if Cat Williams gave a keynote speech at your yearly conference? <laughs> but like it was just, it was funny, but I'm like, yeah, Yeah. this is what I'm talking about though. So like we'd love to hear your take on bringing your full self to work because it's definitely interesting, especially when you start to think about like what's socially acceptable and what's not. Whereas it's just like, I'm just, I'd love and curious to hear your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Of
2: course. Honestly, diversity and inclusion is just all about empowering individuals um, by respecting and celebrating what really makes us unique, right? That means our ethnicity, that means our religion, that means our sexual orientation, disability, age, and just so much more. So it's really important overall that companies are cultivating a culture and cultivating an environment that allows individuals to feel comfortable bringing their full selves to work, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very important that these companies are realizing all of these unique experiences at the end of the day is going to help our company thrive because everyone's unique experience allows you to bring a different viewpoint and a different perspective to the table that can, at the end of the day, help solve a major problem for the business, yes. right? Or for a client. So it's really our job, even as communicators and storytellers, to really be able and talk and appeal to these different audiences who may not look like us. So when you're able to really have a diverse community and a diverse culture, it it allows you, again, to really help strategically solve these problems. And I personally, I do not like code switching, I tell everyone. no code switching, just bring yourself to whoever you are, bring all of it to the boardroom, bring all of it to the meeting because you never, ever, ever know how all of that experience is gonna help, again, drive business, drive overall creativity, drive innovation. So no code switching over here, bring all of it, bring everything you got. And at the end of the day, it's gonna make you better. And I feel like,
1: I totally agree. And I think what's really amazing too, if you take the good with the bad, the bad being that we're all at home and we're in this pandemic, but the good being you almost aren't allowed to switch anymore, right? Because our worlds have blurred so much. I mean, you just heard me before we jumped on, dogs barking in the background. I've had other calls where, you know, my kids are arguing, you know, we're all seeing our full selves. You know, we don't have the opportunity to create that distinction between work and home life, it really is all blurring together, which absolutely fuels and necessitates this culture of belonging. I often tell our children, how boring would our world be if we were all similar? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. What's beautiful about our world and about the people in it is how different we are and embracing that and being allowed to feel comfortable and creating that culture of belonging. So to Mercedes' point, you are then bringing that perspective that's representative of our world to drive solutions for our clients for ourselves for each other and you do better work let's be honest we all work better when we're embracing the differences i didn't think about it this way that's a really cool viewpoint so it's good for business but it's good for society too
0: i love that and, and i think one of the other interesting things that this kind of starts me to think about it's like with both of your roles right like with you tracy specifically thinking about growth And this like concept, I'm sure it's been thrown around, but diversity driven growth or community driven growth. These are terms for me. If I'm going to make up my own little idioms, I'm like, I like these. They sound good and they make sense. Right. But like, could you talk to us about how much diversity and having different perspectives has fueled the growth for your career? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think that there are a, a, a couple of different, there's lots of different ways, but I'll start with, you know, even going back to in its simplistic form, diversity of our talent base, diversity of our thinking and thought process is what ultimately fuels from a business perspective, you know, the, the clients that we keep, and the clients that we are targeting. They don't want a sea of sameness because they want their agencies to reflect the consumer in the world today. So making sure that we're bringing to the table that type of diversity and talent and pushing the envelope and doing more. I'm not going to sit here and say that we're doing the best job at it, but we're a work in progress and we're committed to that and we're going to own that and we're going to keep pushing ourselves and holding ourselves publicly accountable to drive that. And even in my own career, I can tell you that whenever there's been an issue or a topic or a situation that I wasn't the best information i had did not come from a group of people that all were parroting the same things the best solutions came when we disagreed when we pushed each other and created that healthy tension back and forth and ultimately when we did that that's when we got to a place that was far better than when it were it was a bunch of people who looked and talked like me spewing back and forth and just head nodding and validating one one another the best opportunity The best solutions to problems come when you're all in a room with different perspectives and somehow you meet in the middle and you figure out what works. And I think that is in the business world, but that also transcends into our community. I mean, you think about it in a very simplistic form. And I had this conversation the other day even on social media. We are in a bubble of bias. We all have certain opinions, but now we don't want to hear what other people say if we disagree with it. And sometimes as uncomfortable as it is for me to hear someone that I disagree with, at the same time, I know if we're listening to differing opinions and we're listening and almost saying, I hear you, I'm considering you. Have you thought and about what I have to say? Have you considered what I'm going to say? Inevitably, we get to a better place. And we may never, we may agree to disagree. But at the end of the day, it's like at least we considered that person's viewpoint. And when something comes up later, we may be less judgmental. We may be less likely to react because we now have a thought process that isn't what we think is the same for everyone, and I just think that that's critically important for any type of growth—business, personal, or even in our society. We're never going to get ahead if we just keep talking to each other and saying the same thing.
0: I love that <laughs> because there are so many times when, as I was just taking some notes here, it's like if you just think about the amount of like LinkedIn conversations, for example. Like, I literally thought when you said that out loud, I'm like, hmm this person has 1300 engagements. There's not one disagreement. Right. And then you think to the other post when you're like, oh, this has like 30 or 40 engagements and there's like two disagreements, but then there's like a hundred comments and you're like, oh, there's (laughs) thoughtful discussion happening here. People are actually disagreeing. And it's interesting, like even I find myself to do this too. I could almost find myself in a daily habit of going to LinkedIn, doing my normal engagement, looking at the news articles and wanting to share something and then being like, you talk about sales, marketing, community, bro. You don't got no business talking about Netflix. You got no business talking about communications. And then all of a sudden I'm like, why not? Right. Why not talk about Netflix and what they could be doing to bring in bridge the relationship between them not spending enough money on content creation versus trying to buy assets from other countries countries to then put on their, go build it internally. Like, that's my thought. But like, point being is being able to share your diverse thoughts in whatever way. And you shouldn't hold yourself back because you think that other people aren't going to agree with you. Like that holds people back. And me personally, it's done it from putting things out. And I'm just here to say like, hey, like everyone isn't going to agree with you. Period. Right. And I don't so- care what your message is.
1: Mm-hmm. it's okay, and I would say, you know Mercedes and I to often talk about this, and i 'll let her speak to it a little bit more but get uncomfortable. I think early on, especially, right, when we were talking about systemic racism and fighting social injustice and working collaboratively on what we were going to do as an agency and to make it meaningful and substantive and not have it just be around rhetoric, there were certain questions I had or certain preconceived notions because I was indoctrinated to some degree. And as uncomfortable as it was, pushing myself to ask the question or to say, this is what I thought. Is that correct? Is it not correct? What does this mean? And to understand the implications, I became educated and you know, it's a work in progress, right? We all are, but you learn that way. And to get uncomfortable is the only way that we're going to learn and to change and to grow. If we sit in our comfort zone, we're just going to keep doing the same thing.
2: And you took the words right out of my mouth, Tracy. Once again, right out of my mouth. That in the uncomfortability, that's where change happens. And that's exactly where we all need to be because when you're uncomfortable, you start questioning yourself, you start questioning, like, okay, am I thinking about this the right way? Do I need to be a little bit more educated in this subject? Maybe I need to speak to more people of this group so I can better understand a viewpoint. And that's exactly where change happens. So uncomfortability is numero uno to just continue to push the envelope and make change happen.
0: I love that. And, and when it comes to uncomfortability, Kevin and I, sorry, Kevin, he couldn't make this one with us. He had a conflict. Um, and one of the things we talked about literally on the other pod, a lot of the same things keep coming up and this idea of uncomfortability how do you get from, cause this is the thing we talk a lot about sports analogies, right? And you're like, you got top performers and you got low performers and you got people that are in the middle of the pack. It's like, how do you get the majority to want to come with you on the journey to being uncomfortable? Cause I, I know this is something that it, I've struggled with. A lot of leaders struggle with this. Like, I'm just curious on how you've approached this uh, situation internally.
2: Yeah. Honestly, at tyranny, we, we open the floor and we have the conversations. That's, really what we do and we're all about education too because that's where growth really happens just as individuals as an agency and as a community so we're all about sitting in a room well now sitting on zoom (laughs) or in teams and bringing these conversations and these situations to the forefront and one thing that I love about what we do at tyranny is honestly even though Tracy and I are the ones um, and along with our other colleagues really pushing the overall envelope it's it's a collective effort we're family and individuals from all departments come along and they say hey i saw this and i think this would be an interesting topic or i actually saw this ted talk and it moved me and maybe it might be a great opportunity for us to just continue to have this dialogue or hey, you know what, I don't feel comfortable about discussing this in a large forum, so maybe I'll go ahead and send an email to someone and maybe we can have that discussion on the side one-on-one. So honestly, it's opening the floor for anyone to have those hard conversations and putting the topics out there.
1: I I agree, and I think you hit the nail on the head. It's creating opportunities for access to these discussions. So someone may not feel, I mean, we have uh, at Tyranny, we have introduced uh, community corners and it's relatively new for us, but it is open to everyone and you can be on camera you can be off camera you can share something live or you could put it in a chat or you could just sit and listen and some weeks you might not want to show up at all and the topics will evolve accordingly but I think it's creating different types of opportunities for discussion based on your individual level of comfort right so Clearly, you could probably guess Mercedes and I are very happy being on Zoom and being vocal, but not everybody feels that way. Some people, to Mercedes' point, may want to just jump on an email or just have a one-on-one conversation. But just creating forums with all of those different format types, I think, is critically important. And to keep pushing that dialogue And, you know, I'm going to steal something that Mercedes just said in an earlier meeting. It's kind of like going to church. There are some weeks you're going to want to go every week. And then there are other times where you're just going to want to go once a month or once every other month. But you decide when you want the nourishment or the opportunity to have the discussion. And you can float in and out. But the underpinning, that thread throughout all of it is education for progress and that's the theme that Mercedes and our colleague Teresa Zonia came up with this year in terms of the overarching umbrella for diversity and inclusion, right? And sometimes we joke that maybe it should be in inclusion and diversity, right? Because you need to have the culture that's welcoming and belonging before you can even embrace the perspectives, but semantics, right? Nonetheless, at the end of the day, the underpinning is around education for progress. Whatever that education looks like for you may be different and it may change over time. And that's okay. So long as you're moving forward.
0: I love the ownership aspect that Karen is taking because I talk with a lot of people. And one of the thing that's a, it's always challenging, it's like, how do we deal with this? And Kevin said something similar to what you said. It's like, well, I'm going to fumble. I'm going to trip. I'm going to stumble. But thankfully I got Trav or I got Mercedes. I got that person next to me. That's going to say, Hey, like I see you tripping. I'm gonna laugh at you. I'm going to be there with you to joke through it and we're going to learn together. And like, there's no hard feelings here. And that's, that's what we need more of because I think a lot of times what happens is, is people have this sense of fear that gets built up about what they don't know or what they're, what they are afraid or what they think will happen from a TV show of like, Oh, what will happen if I asked them like what it was like to watch next Friday, at, like Thanksgiving, like, just ask. Like there's so many things where it's like, yeah, you just, just be curious and ask, but at the same time, like realize that it's always going to be a work in progress. So I, I love that like growth mindset that you, you all bring to the table because it's, it's super, um, uh, super important to, for companies to have that nowadays.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think for us too, we were really conscious when we were working on a lot of the initiatives to say, And I was guilty of this at first, so I'm happy to be a bit vulnerable and say, well, we've got to get it right. We've got to get it right. We've got to get it perfect. And no, Tracy, in your type A plus personality, you don't have to get it right because we're never going to move, right? You don't have to get it right. You just have to be committed to doing it. And that's why I think we said, you know what? Then let's own that. We are going to make mistakes. It's not going to be perfect. We're going to falter along the way, but we're committed to the end goal, of creating change and to do something versus to your point, sitting silently and not saying and being almost immobilized or paralyzed. And that I think was really eye-opening for me personally. And I know others around the organization say, no, it's okay. We're gonna fail in certain aspects, but we're gonna fail fast. We're gonna learn from it. We're gonna pick up and we're gonna keep, keep moving forward.
0: And I guess let me ask you real quick, like for, for companies listening that might not have any like allies or people that are about this life to be raw, like internally, how would you suggest they go about kind of solving these issues? Because like in an ideal world, every single company has a Tracy or a Mercedes that wants to stand up and be vocal and drive change, but like that's not that's not the case. Right. So what would you say to those companies that like might not have those leaders um, to kind of give them some wisdom or inspiration?
1: Yeah. I mean, I can talk at the highest level and then I think Mercedes can probably talk very specifically. We're head nodding because I know where she's probably, we're probably going in the same place in terms of how we've even helped ourselves from a more practical standpoint. But I think globally leadership you know, first and foremost, and we've seen it with companies like Ben and Jerry's and Target and others that really did it right at the onset and even Comcast in our own backyard. I think the number one aspect is regardless of scale, regardless of resources, right? We're, we're not a Comcast, we're not a Target, but do something, stand for something. So sitting s- silent is probably the worst possible thing you can do. So as a number one, whatever that something is, acknowledge it, speak up, talk about it, and then put meaningful action behind it. And whatever that action looks like, make it scalable and authentic to who you are as an organization. As much as we would love to say we've got, you know, lots and lots of resources, at the end of the day, we're 100, we're small but mighty, but we're 110 hundred and ten. People across an organization, not everybody is going to have the scale of a target and the resources. But whatever it is, stay true to who you are. And as part of that, be realistic about the meaningful actions you want to take. Don't cover the waterfront. I mean, early on, you could say, Well, I, oh my goodness, there's like 35 things we want to do. But if you throw out 35 things, you're not going to do 35 things really, really well. Pick one, two, three, four things that are meaningful that you know that you can put a stake in the ground and have action behind it and drive change by measuring yourself along the way and focus on that. And once you've mastered that, so to speak, then evolve and move on because this is an iterative fluid process. So I think at the highest level to Act, do something, not remain silent, to be authentic to who you are as an organization, regardless of your size, and then find realistic ways to impart change. It might be small, but then that becomes a catalyst for something else to grow. I think is probably the counsel that we have been giving to clients and we would continue to give. And then tracking and measuring yourself along the way and holding yourself accountable. We feel confident that we can hold ourselves publicly accountable with our action plan in the course of the next year. Others may not be there yet, but at minimum, hold yourself accountable internally to the goals that you've set forth. And then I think, you know, I can certainly pivot to Mercedes who could talk about some very specific ways that we're doing that for ourselves this year
2: yeah and what we 're doing uh, to just build off of what tracy's saying is we 've really stepped back and we said, okay so we we need to hold ourselves accountable, we need to hold ourselves accountable for our community, we need to hold ourselves accountable for the industry, so we said, What can we do to really make a change and move the needle so we've went ahead and honestly we 're rooted in an overall pledge at Tyranny, where we have it as a reminder every single day um, to just one, not be biased, to check our biases actually, um, to hold each other accountable and then to also speak up for one another. So we said, how can we do that specifically now for the black and brown community? So what we've did is one, we are working together as an agency to say, okay, what organizations can we financially donate to Um, what organization needs our funds, what organizations in the community that are really moving the needle for the black and brown community. We also said, okay, how can we in the ad and marketing industry make sure that we're doing diverse casting, right? So making sure that all of our vendor partners are not just only, uh, you know, Caucasian, right? Like how can we make sure that in that pool we're looking at black and brown businesses. Um, Additionally, we are also going to launch a scholarship fund, which I'm very, very, very excited about, um, for undergraduate students, black undergraduate students who are actually pursuing a career in communications or creative career. So we're working on that. Um, And then also we have to hold ourselves accountable, right? Like Tracy said, we're not all the way there yet. So we have a goal to reach um, higher talent of about 15% by 2021. Um, So we are moving fast and furious on our plans. We have the entire agency, not just the diversity and inclusion team, and that's why I love tyranny so much. It's every single person in the agency that is passionate about this is raising their hand and saying, how can I help? What can we do um, outside of our day jobs to really push this initiative and make sure that we as individuals, but we as a company and as a collective is really pushing the needle. And really to get,
1: just to give another indication of the passion behind it which i do agree mercedes and i were so pleasantly and happily refreshed by it was just the sheer volume of volunteers and it didn't build up and then die down it's still going strong in terms of the weekly check-ins and the weekly ideation sessions and collaboration you know opportunities that we have people are still as much if not more engaged as each week goes by than even when we first started. Because I think, again, it goes back to when we first started, I'm a little uncomfortable, I'm not really sure. But then it just takes off. And, you know, it's like, well, no, okay, I did that. I'm okay. Let's keep going. Let's keep moving. And it's been really refreshing. And um, it's, it's prideful to some degree to see that it really is just about Getting in a room and and figuring it out. And even quite honestly, we even said, you know, there are going to be moments where we have to go outside the agency. So we have brought on a third party consultant, Siobhan Norris, who is working with us to kind of pressure test some of the things. Just because when you are inside, you're looking inwards. How do we get some of that outside perspective? To say, you know what, is this going to work? Let's kick the tires a little bit. I like what you did here, but have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And I think that's been really helpful for us too, because we're acknowledging we don't have all the answers, but we're working towards it and let's bring someone else in to help us really get it tight so we can
2: move and shameless plug for Siobhan. Yes, we we're doing a community corner, and I had to turn off my Zoom camera last week because I was in tears about how just everyone was just so vulnerable and just being engaged in the conversation. I was like, oh, this is beautiful. So it is for Siobhan.
1: She's <laughs> the best. She brings out the best in every human. She does.
0: Just shout out to Siobhan. Everybody yes. needs a Siobhan <laughs> in their organizations because this Agreed. is. It, I I, j- I say this and like kind of I've been dabbling in the, the thoughts of like, why don't more people just have, like, this is the thing I always laugh about. I'm like, y'all know we exist, right? Like we, like I exist and partly to come help people manage difficult conversations. I don't care if it's friends, if it's family, I was a mediator in fifth grade. So like this has been rooted in me since like I was a kid, Right. So just getting people on the same page inherently, that's just what I, I like to do. Like it, it, the, for me, it's just a joy of like, Oh, you didn't know Mercedes thought that did you bill? Huh. And it's like seeing both of you be like, no, I didn't know. And, oh, Mercedes, you didn't know Bill was about that life, did you? No, I had no clue. And so when you have these moments over and over again habitually inside of your organization, you then realize you're like, well, why are my people happy? Why are we solving more problems? And you're like, it's because they're connected. Oh. That's what it is. And that's nine times out of 10. And if you look at the every single great organizational change leader out there, right. Even going all the way, looking at Simon Sinek, thinking about what is at the core of what he says, why does so many organizations want to work with this person to help drive change and grow? And why, why, why does he have, why does he make so much sense? It's because it comes down to people and how they connect and work together.
2: Right. So at the end of the day, we're all human, right? That's yes. the underlying factor. That's what we all have in common. That's the common denominator. We're all human. So when you are able to have those connections outside of the day-to-day work, it makes the day-to-day work so much more enjoyable. And that just, it, it just moves the needle and it creates change and it's innovation. And it creates creativity. So I 100% agree.
1: And one of my all-time favorite humans is Brene Brown and she's fantastic. And there's always a quote, people are hard to hate up close. So the more opportunities you have to connect and engage with one another and listen and talk and consider it just, it goes away. And it's true. People are hard to hate up close. When you get to know someone, when you get to say, okay, I didn't feel that about you. I didn't know that about you. It it makes it easier. And yeah, in its most simplistic form, it makes it fun because we're all human.
0: I love it. And so if we were to leave with one message for listeners. What would you both want that to be? You could either be a collective or you could sneak in two since you have two different perspectives. So... let want
2: me to go first? Yeah, I'll let you go first, Trace. Okay. okay.
1: I would say the biggest... Takeaway, and I will give two. I will say there's a quote Ava DuVernay had, and it's also resonated with me. Was which was, if there was ever a time in our lives in our society to do the right thing as humans, now is that time. So anything that you do, whatever you're thinking of, whether it's business, whether it's home life, and it's personal or blurred because that's the world we're living in. Run it through that filter, right? How am I going to put my head down at night when I go to sleep? What do I want that feeling to be? It's, I did the right thing. I stood up. And that kind of fuels into the second point. Do something. The worst thing we can do is to remain silent and apathetic to what is happening in our world. And right now, more than ever, it's about creating opportunities to drive change and not just rhetoric.
2: Love that. And for me, I would say it's we, we all have a responsibility to take care of each other. We're all here. We're all occupying the same space. And it's our responsibility to make sure that every day we are making each other better. We're making this world better. So as, as Tracy said, now's the time. Now is the time for us to be energized. Now is the time for us to just stand up and be bold in it and take care of each other. Get uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> that's it I love it well y'all heard it first uh, this has been such another fun episode of Addicted to Growth and I cannot wait to have a follow-up
2: same anytime anytime, anytime. and thank you so so much for giving us the platform to share a perspective
1: absolutely thank you very much sorry we missed Kevin but we're very happy that we had you today so thank you
0: of course next time Kev Thanks for listening to Addicted to Growth. If you learn something new, don't be shy. Let people know. The best way to learn a new skill is to practice. Day in and day out. Go execute something you just learned this week with your community. Until next time.